Well, hello everybody. Hello again, I should say. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started with our, uh, our message in our service, uh, but before we do, we do want to dismiss the children's. Um, so if uh, there are children from ages four years old to the grade, fourth grade, uh, they can go on ahead back to the back, and I believe Bronda and Anita have some fun stuff for them to do with preparing for the Christmas uh, service. So, uh, yeah, quick plug, that's on Christmas Eve, and it should be a lot of fun. They're going to do a song for us. Um, but yeah, you guys, uh, kids, you can head to the back of the sanctuary and head off to your service. All right. So um, I will be uh, sharing with you guys uh, today. I need just a second, though, because my iPad likes to fall asleep on me. How about this weather, am I right? I'm kidding. I'm not going to make small talk with you guys. That's fine. Um, <laughs> the worst kind of talk. Uh, all right. Uh, so today I will be sharing with you guys. Uh, and I wanted to start off with a personal story, uh, a very personal story, brace yourself, uh, about the worst day of my life. Uh, or at least that's what I like to call it. It maybe is a little dramatic. I've not really sat down and taken a full inventory of every day, measured the good and the bad, and decided. But it's the one that kind of sticks out as uh, sucking especially hard. Uh, and this was, um, there was a couple of things that led up to this day uh, that really made it uh, hit the worst. Uh, and it was, uh, it was my senior year of college, right? So if you've been uh, through college, you know that existential dread that comes after the, uh, when senior year comes and it's spring semester and everything is about to change. Uh, on top of that, um, a, a relationship I had been in had recently ended, uh, much to my surprise, which is the worst kind, um, uh, just the week before. Uh, so, you know, there was still some of that stuff going on. Um, and I was uh, out of town, out of state at what could very well be my last college rugby game. Uh, I played rugby in college, I loved it, um, and I was not looking forward to it ending. And so I was out um, in uh, Missouri, which, you know, if you're from Missouri, you know, that just kind of compounds how bad this was. Um, and, right, it's not, it doesn't rhyme, it doesn't sound a lot like misery for, for nothing. Um, and uh, so I was there, it was so far away from home that my parents couldn't really make it, uh, so it was just kind of me on my own with all this stuff going on. Uh, and to top it all off, I was dealing with some minor injuries. Uh, so while I was playing, I was physically hurting too. Uh, now, if we won this game, we would move on to the final and we could possibly get the national title. If we lost this game, it was all over, right? High stakes, it better be a good fight. We better feel like we went out swinging. Well, we lost. And we didn't only lose, we didn't score a single point. We had never been beaten so bad in the four years that I had played rugby. Never had we had such a total defeat except for on that day. So I was in the dirt. I felt awful. And it was my birthday weekend. In fact, it was my birthday. April 13th was when all this happened. And we're driving home from the game. It's like a nine-hour drive. I'm sore. I'm tired. I'm beat up. Nobody has said happy birthday. Nobody knows what's going on. Feeling very alone. We stop at a Buffalo Wild Wings. 
And as we're there, they bring out a cake and they start singing happy birthday to my teammate, whose birthday was in two days. And a couple of my friends said, it's, it's Graham's birthday too. And they're like, oh, and happy birthday to Graham too. Uh, and I was like, thank you, thank you. Well, then I go home and I'm moping around campus. I'm sitting by the coffee shop window, looking at the rain, imagining I was in a music video. Uh, that was just so sad, right? You guys know, you guys know, you've been there. Um, and uh, I get a text from my friends and they say, hey Graham, could you help us move something in our dorm? And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Graham will come help, right? The local pack horse will make his way over there. I'll move your dresser, whatever. So I mope from the cafe to their uh, dorm and I walk in, nobody's around, it's completely empty. So I walk in a little bit, and then they all pop out from behind uh, tables and chairs. Surprise, it's my birthday. They've got gifts, they've got snacks. Um, and it turned one of the worst weekends of my life into a very special moment with my friends. Um, but there, there was a point in that story where I was certain, 100% sure, that no one really loved me and no one really saw me. Right? They were glad I was around. I was convenient as a friend, but they didn't really love me. That's what I was thinking, right? Because I was so caught up in that moment. I didn't realize, I didn't remind myself of the ways, they've, the ways that they have loved me in the past and the truth that they love me still. We're in the season of Advent right now, and today is our message on, hopefully you guessed it, love. Uh, so I'm going to do the most exciting part about getting to communicate during the Advent season, which is to light the candles. All my pyromaniacs say amen. Okay. Oh, thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Honest, at least. Um, yeah, so, so far we have talked about um, peace. We have talked about hope. And now we are talking today uh, about love. Uh, and more specifically, we're talking about how in the Christmas season, uh, God did something miraculous and amazing to display that love for us. Now, to continue, you may have experienced a time in your life when you were certain, kind of like I was, that uh, someone did not love you, right? You might have even had a time where you were certain that God did not love you, right? And circumstances can do that. It can make it very hard for us to realize that he actually still loves us. Circumstances like losing a job or being treated unfairly, that's the one that really gets me. When, some, when I'm treated unfairly, I'm like, I'm doing the right thing. Good things should happen. Why am I being treated unfairly? Right? Or maybe the death of a loved one, or financial difficulty, or physical ailment, or maybe just the weight of global events and tragedies can make you think there's no way that God loves me or God loves us. So how can we fight back against that? That is so overwhelming sometimes. How do we fight back? How do we continue to believe in God's love when things look so bad. Well, today I hope that uh, I can communicate the idea that in order to remain convinced of God's love for us, we should remind ourselves of his promises. Now, what do I mean by that? Let's take a look at some biblical examples of people reminding themselves of God's promises. After all, it is the Advent season, so we would be remiss to not talk about the Christmas story, right? This Christmas story right here, the one that looks so cozy, so warm, dry, hygienic, clean, well taken care of, right? This one? Well, at least that's what we see on the uh, nativity scenes, 
That's what we see on the little ornaments and things like that. But let's remind ourselves of the more bleak details of this story, right? Mary was a young girl who was not yet married uh, whenever she was told by an angel that she would become pregnant, right? I'm sure you can imagine the modern-day issues with that. Let's now take it back to a time where that was definitely not cool, right, to just be pregnant and say God did it, right? Uh, so that's one thing. Now they have to travel all the way to a different town, right, uh, not comfortable. It's a long way. It's dangerous. It's cold. Whenever they finally arrive, seems like their troubles are behind them, and then, no, there's no place to stay, no hotel, no spare bedroom, no broom closet. Instead, you have to go sleep in a barn, and not a cozy Hallmark barn either. It's not a wedding venue. It's a cave in the side of a hill where they kept donkeys and, and uh, different animals, uh, and it smelled bad. It was damp. It was horrible, right? Now, that is a circumstance where I think you would not be blamed if you began to question whether or not God really loved you, right? Why do all this to me? And now I have to give birth in a pigsty. Not a literal pigsty, but you know what I mean. Why would that happen if he really loved us? But that's not what we see um, at all. In fact, in the middle of all of that stuff happening, I want you to notice this. The baby has not even come yet. The baby's not even here yet. In Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 45, when it says this, and Mary sang this song. I feel like we could stop there, but we will continue. Mary sang this song. My soul is ecstatic, overflowing with praises to God. My spirit bursts with joy over my life-giving God, for he set his tender gaze upon me, his lowly servant girl. And from here on, everyone will know that I have been favored and blessed. The Mighty One has worked a mighty miracle for me. Holy is his name. Mercy kisses all who fear him from one generation to the next. Mighty power flows from him to scatter all those who walk in pride. Powerful princes he tears from their thrones and he lifts up the lowly to take their place. Those who hunger for him will always be filled, but the smug and self-satisfied he will send away empty because he can never forget to show mercy. He has helped his chosen servant Israel, keeping his promises to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Despite the circumstances that were going on in Mary's life, again, she doesn't even have the baby in her arms. She's in the middle of it, as in the middle of it as you can be, and she is singing praises to God because of his promises. Not because of what he has done right now for her, but because what he has said he will do, right? Again, Israel is, they are under the Roman Empire. They're not even free, and yet she says he is faithful to his people because she knows about his promises, she wasn't just holding out hope that one day things would get better. She was holding on to love through the middle of what was going on. She didn't have to wait for things to get better before she could praise God. She could say, I know you're with me now, and I praise you now. That's what it looks like to rely on his promises to remind us of his love. Now, um, that's one way to, to hear it in a story, but I want to I wanna use another example from a guy named Paul. Uh, I know we've been kind of pairing that a lot, right, Mary and Paul, just kind of interesting, but he had some really great words to put to this idea. He says this in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 37 through 39. It says, no, uh, you guys probably read this uh, in your discussion if you got that far. No, all these things 
Uh, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ our Lord. Right? It is always with us, despite all those things. Right? He didn't say the love of God will keep away life and death and angels and demons. He says none of that can separate us from him. Even when it happens, we are not separated from him and his love. Right? If we're experiencing death, or even if you're just experiencing life, right? Because there's plenty of big things that can shake us up, but also everyday life can really grind us down. But God is still with us. His love is still with us even then. Now, we, because we must remain convinced of God's love, so we must remind ourselves of his promises. That brings us to his promises, right? Um, and this might, uh, might sound good to us in practice, but what are those promises? Um, does anybody know? Anybody have one off the top of their head? What is a promise of God? Yeah, Clay. I will never leave you nor, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Anybody else? Now, my goal is not to embarrass anyone or make you feel like uh, you don't know. Instead, I just want to show you that there are times where it's not present in our mind what has God promised us, right? I'm sure plenty of you have heard promises of God. I'm sure plenty of you know them. It's just that in the middle of a situation, it might be hard to call them to mind. So I want to read a couple of his promises over you today. Um, uh, in order to do that and to help you, I have some written up here. If you, whenever I asked that question, what are the promises of God, it wasn't like, oh, I'm terrible at tests. What is it? It was like, I literally don't know. Here's a really great place to start. All of these verses contain promises of God, and I would encourage you, if there's a situation up there that you feel you can identify with, write it down. Keep it with you. But I'm going to read them over you, and I want you to notice something. Here's a Bible that I'm going to be reading it from. Notice how big that Bible is and how narrow the section I'm taking from is. That's not to say the, be the book gets better in the back. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say there's a lot more promises that you can live with, that you can rely on than what I'm giving you today. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not spoiling the book. You should definitely be in here uh, finding his promises. But we'll start off real quick uh, with the, the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 30, uh, verse 31. Let me pull that up real quick. Trying to use physical Bibles more. I'm kind of spoiled by the Bible app. Okay. Chapter 6, verse 31 says this. Says this. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Uh, for the, uh, the Gentiles search after all these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. How difficult of a message does that sound like? Don't worry, right? Because we all worry. But God promises us. He says, just stick with me, and, and I'll be there with you. You don't have to worry about those things. Uh, the next one is Romans chapter 12, verse 19 and 21, where it says this. This one I, is about being treated unfairly. So 12, 19 through 21. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. 
To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by, uh, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Next, the death of a loved one. Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Physical ailment, James 5, 15. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Number five, global events and tragedies. John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And this last one, if you just need to be reminded of the magnitude of God's love. You've probably heard this one before, but let's not disregard it just because it's familiar. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God's love is incredible. It is massive and amazing, uh, and sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we uh, think that uh, trouble in our life discounts the, the love that he has for us. Now, I'm going to leave this up uh, in case there was one of those that you're like, I need to hold on to that right now. Uh, you can write it down, and you can uh, hold on to it. You can be reminded of it. Each of these promises are based in God's incredible love, and if we're going uh, to remain convinced of his love, we need to do so by reminding ourselves of his promises. Now, I'm not standing up here telling you this as someone who does this perfectly, who never worries, who never gets under the circumstances, who never does anything like that. Rather, I'm telling it to you as someone who has to practice this pretty often. Uh, in fact, just this last week, uh, I was trying to figure out my, my holiday travel plans, right, which might sound small to some of you, but in the moment it was very big to me. Uh, and I remember thinking, why is this so difficult? Like, God, where are you in this? I feel like this is impossible. There's no way it's going to work out. And then what came to mind? Matthew 6, 31. Don't worry about anything. Seek me first, and I'll add them unto you, right? The situation worked out. That's not me saying that by not worrying, I made it work. I'm just saying by not worrying, I wasn't sick to my stomach all day waiting for my answer to come back. I was able to go to work, enjoy life, and all of those kinds of things, and thank God for the ways that he was going to take care of me and for the fact that I don't have to worry. I want to ask you, how would your view on life be different if you were truly convinced that God loved you? As we worship together today, think of a situation in your life that needs to be reminded of God's love. It might be applicable to one of the verses I've already mentioned or not, in which case I would recommend searching the Bible using resources that can be found online uh, or just Talk to somebody, share what you're going through, and ask, do you know, like, do you feel like, where is God in this? 
They might know. They might have gone through it. Uh, and that would be a great way uh, to do that. But also, the internet is an amazing resource to find that stuff. Uh, either way, find that promise and let it convince you of God's love that he has for you right now. Not in the future. The love that he has for you right now. We have a prayer team in the back that would love to pray for you in whatever circumstances you are struggling with today. So if I could have our worship team come up. We're going to go into a time of worship. Um, and yeah, I would just recommend. Find a promise.